0: You can email back and forth, you can text with them, all on your time schedule. All from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com slash DSO. That's betterhelp.com slash DSO. And get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello everyone, DSO here from dadstartingover.com. And I wanted to first, before we get started on today's episode... I wanted to remind you that I write books, and you can buy these books from my website at dadstartingover.com slash books. You can download them immediately from my website in PDF format or an MP3 format, or you can also buy them directly from retailers such as Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and even the audio from Audible. So thank you so much again for listening, and now on to our episode. Hello everyone, DSO here from DadStartingOver.com And in this episode, we're going to talk about me. We're going to specifically talk about where did I go wrong in my first failed relationship. You see, when you run a website like I do, and you have a podcast like this one, you run the risk of it becoming a a site and a podcast where I'm a man and I'm just stomping my feet saying, I'm amazing and my ex-wife is a demon and I did nothing wrong. And in looking back over my website over the last, you know, four years or so and these podcasts, I can see where it may come across that way. And it's understandable because it's an emotional topic. And am I wrong? Well, I mean, not completely. My ex-wife did do awful things and it crushed me as her husband and her partner. But I'm not some infallible perfect angel of a man either. I had, and I continue to have to this day, my faults as a father, as a husband, and as a human being. Because I'm human, after all. And if if there was an overall theme to my time in my first marriage, it would be probably, meh. That was my disposition for much of my relationship. Meh. I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't really upset. I wasn't angry. I wasn't super happy. I really wasn't much anything. I was dull. I think, now looking back, that deep down, I knew my relationship. It wasn't what I always wanted it to be. But you know what? It's what I had. And I lived with it. I had a, hey, this is good enough theme that permeated everything about our marriage. I never once put my foot down, ever, and said, you know, I don't like this. This here needs to change. And it needs to change now, or else we're done. I could have never conceived of such a stance. Because at the time, to be married, it meant that you accepted certain shortcomings. You accepted life, warts and all. So were there a lot of warts in my marriage? Oh yeah, but hey, that's life, right? It ain't perfect, and you keep going. I remember distinctly one moment in particular in my first marriage. I don't know why it sticks out in my mind and it does sound awful in hindsight, but I remember it vividly. I was laying on the bed relaxing, and she was in the adjoining bathroom doing her makeup. She was just wearing her underwear and leaning in towards the mirror. I looked over at her, and I was so completely turned off in that moment. What should have been a sexy little candid moment that put a smile on my face was just me, her husband, looking at my wife, the mother of my three children, and thinking, yuck you see that's not right that's not a good thing not at all a real husband sees this situation and he says to himself okay why am i so turned off right now is it because she's out of shape because she's overweight because she doesn't work out anymore maybe because she eats too much so what are you going to do about that are you going to do anything what are you going to do about yourself Do you think she's looking at you and saying, mmm, yum? Probably not. Maybe you need to step up and be an example to her. But I didn't. Those thoughts didn't even occur to me. I just rolled over and put it out of my mind. She was my wife and the mother of my kids. What can I do, right? Such is life. My passivity was completely and totally deplorable. It was lazy. It wasn't fair to me, to her, or to our family. It was cowardly. The bathroom mirror moment was just one small moment in a series of moments over 20 years where life said to me, All right, here's another test for you. So what are you going to do about it, Captain? And my answer was always, Just leave me alone. I'm tired. To be honest, I just didn't care. Life had worn me down. It was the work, the kids, the wife I lost attraction to. There's just too many things to tackle in life. I just concentrated on my kids. I coached their sports teams. I helped out with their homework. I played with them constantly. I convinced myself that I was jumping completely into the dad box, and that was proof of my awesomeness as a father and as a husband. But in reality, no. It was just an escape. I saw the hard work that was needed to be done in a marriage, and I ran from it. I shouldn't have to do that, I convinced myself. My overweight wife was a mirror. I was looking at myself. Not only in the most obvious way, because I myself was way out of shape, but because I was looking at the results of my work as her loving husband. I didn't do the work of instilling in her an urge to keep herself in shape for her man. Because honestly, why would she bother? I didn't set an example for what a good partner does to keep the other one around. I didn't set any example except one that said, Your job as a lover is done once the kids start coming out. So no wonder she gave up, because I gave up too. I had given up as soon as the first kid came out. The combination of the stress and the need for comfort swallowed me up and spit me out as some effeminate wad of bubblegum. Yay, I'm a great dad. Yeah, but I really sucked as a husband. So we grew apart. That was obvious. I did my thing, she did hers. To keep that bond together, to keep that attraction, that takes real effort. And I didn't have it in me to keep up that level of work. Why? Well, we just really weren't, quote, meant to be. In other words, we both should have just walked away very early on in the relationship. I knew it. She knew it. You know, maybe even our families knew it. But we kept at it in honor of our vows and in honor of the theme of staying together for, quote, no matter what. It can be argued that this is an honorable goal, but when you ignore red flag after red flag after red flag, you realize you're not just honoring your vows, but instead ignoring the giant elephant in the room, which is, we really shouldn't be together. When you put two incompatible people together, it's just a matter of time until the union breaks down. In my case, my first wife ended up jumping into bed with another man. It was then that the veneer of our marriage was stripped away and all the vices and those red flags that were there throughout the relationship, they were all laid bare for everyone to see. She had her compulsive behavior and her childhood issues. I had my overly agreeable lack of a backbone nice guy issues. Both sets of issues were amplified a hundredfold when our marriage disintegrated. For a giant chunk of the men that I talked to, you're in the same boat. You're completely destroyed by your wife's infidelity and the subsequent divorce. And then you have months or maybe years of introspection and growth. And then you finally realize me and the first wife, we were really never meant to be. You had so many red flags for years and you did nothing about it. The relationship wasn't some romantic fairy tale of love that would conquer all. It was simply two people that were put together and all their warts and baggage And neither had the balls to say, yeah, let's both move on. Sorry about that. Live and learn. Well, this was a quick one today. Um, You can see this. It's also an article form on the website, what I did wrong in my failed relationship. And again, the website is dadstartingover.com. Please check out the books, The Dead Bedroom Fix. And now what? Both can be found on Amazon or direct download from my website. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it, and you have a great day. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self improvement. You probably consume a lot of information like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, There's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood. But none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on -on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.